organizations um, compiling information about us. In other words, they're gathering information. They, they have databases full of information that they have collected about different, well, all of us really, in different particular specific ways. Um, in particular, some of that data collection has to do with financial information. People know about your finances and they're collecting information about you so that they can make some determinations about what kind of a financial risk you are. For instance, we are aware that uh, there's this thing called a credit report out there. And different organizations have collected information about you. And based upon your track record, you have developed a credit report. Uh, if you want to buy a car or if you want to get a mortgage for a house, um, the success, your success in doing so is going to be affected by what's on your report. Uh, what's your credit like? For instance, if you have bad experience, um, you, you've bought things on credit and you haven't paid for them. Maybe you have uh, defaulted and so forth. Uh, people had to come and repossess things that you bought. Well, you've got a bad credit report. And so if you go out to borrow some more money, chances are they're not going to let you do that because your report doesn't read too good. You've got a bad report. But if, on the other hand, you've, you've been a, uh, a, a, a very conscientious person and and when you bought things, uh, you paid for them. And if you bought something on credit, maybe a car or something, you were timely in making all the monthly payments and so forth, your credit report looks good. And so the people out there who gathered this information about you have an opinion and a report on you, and they say, yeah, we'd be glad to, to loan you some more money. Uh, for those kind of reasons, we all understand that sort of thing about a credit report, about the information people gather about us. Uh, for that reason, we pay attention to that, don't we? We want our report to look good. Well, this morning we want to talk about a different kind of report. It's, it's not a report like a credit report. It's actually more important than that, but it's a similar concept. Uh, information has been accumulated about us, and people have, de have developed uh, a concept of how we will do in regards to certain things. Obviously, we're going to talk this morning about spiritual things and our spiritual report. What's it like? This is way more important, and the consequences are far more significant. Uh, the consequences of our spiritual report have eternal consequences. Uh, let's stop here for just a minute to say thank you for being here on this beautiful Lord's Day morning. We appreciate you very much, and we're glad that you're here, glad that we can join together uh, in worshiping God and studying from His Word. And we hope that what we do here today will be uplifting to each and every one of us. And most of all, we pray it will be glorifying to God. We thank you for being here to be a part of it. For any and all who are visiting with us today, thanks for coming. Please come back every time you have a chance. As Lee said earlier, ask any questions you have about what we're doing here at College View. What about this report that being accumulated about you and about me? Uh, what, what about this report? Well, I want to suggest to you that your report is going to come from several different sources. This information is going to be assimilated from several different directions. Some of this report is going to be developed by people who are not even Christians, by non-believers. Now, you might be inclined to think that what 
people of the world think about me doesn't matter. What unbelievers, non-Christians think about me is not significant. After all, they're not living right themselves, uh, so why would it matter what they think of me? But in truth, it is critical, vital, that we have a good report even from people who are not even trying to live the way we're trying to live. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, we have the qualifications of elders stated there. We've studied it many times before. But I think it is significant that even when it comes to the appointment of elders, when we think about the qualifications that they might need to meet, uh, it, it is said that they should have a good report. Notice, it's a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless. Moreover, he must have, notice, a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach in the snare of the devil. So, an elder needs to have a good report of those on the outside. Now, if we would require that of our leaders, why wouldn't we think that the same is expected of us all? We need to have a good report. In Titus chapter 2, verse 7, Paul was writing to the young evangelist Titus, and he said, In all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech. Notice, that he that is of the, uh, excuse, that, that cannot be condemned, rather, that he that is of the contrary part. Now, that's talking about enemies, opponents, right, of the cause of Christ. He that is of the contrary part may have, uh, may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. So what's Paul saying here? Titus, you live in such a fashion. Not just that Christians would think highly of you, but even he that is of the contrary part, that is, those out there in the world, those who are opposing you, will be ashamed because they can't come up with anything bad to say about you. And so, part of this report that is being assimilated for all Christians, part of that report comes from those people out in the world who see us, who, who know us, who observe the way that we live. In, in reality, every one of us is surrounded uh, by people in the world who are constantly evaluating us. And they're not just evaluating us, but they're getting some impression of what true Christianity is about by what they see of it in us. If we're not living right, if we're not doing right, if they see us behaving in ways that are not correct, then they're going to get an impression of you. Your report's going to be affected, but also... Uh, the whole cause of Christ will be affected in a negative way if you're not careful about how you live before people of this world. So, the report that's being developed about you and me, part of it comes from those people of the world, but certainly a significant part of this report is going to come from our brethren. Each one of us, I think, uh, uh, is concerned about what members of our own physical family thinks. We've got, we've got loved ones, we've got family members, and, and we, we, we want them to think well of us. And so we do things, we act in such a way so that our physical family will have strong feelings for us in a positive way. Well, it seems like some people are oblivious to that same sort of reality when it comes to spiritual family. Uh, I should care what my brothers and sisters in Christ think about me, and vice versa. Uh, you can't just come on Sunday, sit in the pew, uh, be counted on the roll, identify yourself as a member of a local congregation, and then not be accountable to your brethren for how you're living and what you're doing. If you're a part of a physical family, not a physical family, you're part of a spiritual family, and you need to be concerned because your brethren are developing an opinion of you 
that's going on this report that's being assembled. In the text that Stephen read for us earlier from Acts chapter 16, we read about the young man Timothy. Then came Paul to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciples there named Timotheus, notice, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him. Think about this, Timothy. He had a good report by the brethren. How do you suppose he had developed that reputation? I think that's a pretty easy thing to answer, isn't it? He developed that sort of positive report because of his consistent good works and faithfulness. This is a young man that you could count on. Uh, he was not the sort of guy who might be here this week, but then he'll miss two or three weeks, and then he'll show up again once, and then be gone for four or five weeks. That's not the kind of guy Timothy was, right? He was an individual who could be counted upon. He had a good report by the brethren. We still see that same sort of thing in congregations today. In any given congregation, the people, there are people here in this congregation, for instance, that can be counted on. You just know they're, they're rock solid and steady. They, you have no doubt about uh, whether you can depend on them to be here and do the things that need to get done. Uh, they have a good report. But there are some that can't be counted on in that same way. Their report is not so good. Timothy had a good report by the brethren. That's the part of the, that's the part of the report that's being assimilated about you as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, Paul wrote and said, It hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Chloe was a member of that congregation, and through her and her family, a report had gotten to Paul that there was trouble in the church there at Corinth. It was known, right? Uh, people knew. The brethren were aware. What about us? What about us as a whole? What about this congregation as a whole? What's our report? What's the report of each one of us individually as members of this local congregation? It's known. That sort of report is being developed in people's minds. And so, you've got a report circulating out there. And that report includes what people of the world think about you. And it includes what your own brethren think about you. But of course, the ultimately most important part of the report is, what does the Lord himself think about you? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul said, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of any man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. A couple things. First of all, Paul said it's, it's a small thing, a very small thing to me to be judged by you. Now, are we contradicting what we just said? That we should be concerned about what other people think of us? Well, no. Paul's not diminishing that concept. But in comparison to the fact that we're being judged by the Lord, this is a small thing. It is important what other people think of me. People of the world, my own brethren. It's important what they think of me. But in comparison to the true evaluation of the Lord, that doesn't hold a candle, right? So, Paul's not saying it's unimportant, but he is saying the ultimately most important thing is how the Lord judges us. Some people get this all backwards. They get it, they're more concerned about what people think of them, maybe even what people of the world think of them, than what the Lord thinks of them. And then that begins to affect them in the, the way they act and the way they dress and 
where they go and what they do because they're worried about what people of the world think of them more than what the Lord thinks of them. The really most important thing of all is the report we're developing in the Lord. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, the judgment scene, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. In that book of... In the, in the books, notice he, he mentions the books opened, another book was opened, the book of life. Your name is in there. There's, there's a, I don't know how that's written. Is there a column? Uh, is it just written out in lines? However it's written, your name is there. And there's a, a record there of the things that you have done. According to your works, a record is being written. Spend some time thinking about that. Be honest with yourself. I wonder what, what my record looks like there that the Lord himself has written down. What about my record? And so, we're saying that every one of us is going to have a report. And it's going to be developed by combining several aspects. Yes, non-Christians have some impression of us. Our own brethren certainly should have a good impression of us. The Lord himself knows for sure about our lives. Now, let's talk about the basis of that report a little bit more. This report, all put together in its accurate form, is going to be based upon your faith. Uh, you know, when we talk about, we talked earlier about a credit report, you know, it comes from your credit records, it comes from your financial dealings, it, 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 uh, uh, takes into account late payments and defaults and bankruptcies and all that sort of thing. This is different. This report comes on the basis of your faith. What has your faith been like? In Hebrews chapter 11, beginning verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. What's the it? Faith. By faith, by it, the elders. Here it's talking about the, those of the Old Testament times. By it, by the, their faith, the elders obtained a good report. And so, the report is based upon our faith. You know, sometimes when we maybe uh, have lost uh, a loved one, maybe a dear brother in Christ, sometimes at the funeral, uh, something will be said along the lines of, he was a man of strong faith, or uh, we marveled at his faith uh, as he lived his life. Well, that's the idea here. Faith. But of course the question has got to be asked, how do you show that? Well, you show your faith by what you do. That's how you measure faith. If we went back there in Hebrews chapter 11, where the elders obtained a good report by their faith, you know that chapter very well. It goes on to describe some of those Old Testament characters by talking about what they did. In verse 4 of Hebrews 11, Abel offered unto God a more acceptable sacrifice. Abel was instructed what to do, and he did it. He acted in faith. Noah prepared an ark. We've talked many times about what a tremendous, huge task that was for Noah. Noah had faith. He acted in faith to build the ark. Abraham obeyed. He offered up his son Isaac when he was instructed to do so. Abraham was a great man of faith. His faith was seen, though, in what he did. 
And in chapter 25, we've been talking just recently about Moses' choice to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And so, Hebrews 11 is a chapter about faith. And by faith, that's how these great characters of the Old Testament obtained a good report, by their faith. But how was their faith measured? How was it known? By what they did. And of course, there's a lot more in that chapter, many more examples. And so, your report is going to be based upon your faith, and that's going to be seen in the things that you do. Let me take you to 1 Timothy chapter 5 to just get that, to re-emphasize that notion. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 here, Paul is writing to Timothy about the care of certain widows, certain widows who didn't have any physical family to care for them, and uh, they could be taken into a permanent responsible caring of the church. The church would be permanently charged to provide for their physical necessities. That's what he's talking about here. Let not a widow be taken into the number. Uh, that's that's the concept here. There was a there was a role or a number of widows who met certain qualifications, who would become the permanent responsibility of the church to care for them. Let not a woman a woman be taken into that number, under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported of for good works. If she had brought up children, if she had lodged strangers, if she had washed the saints' feet, if she had relieved the afflicted, if she had diligently followed every good work. No, she needed to be well reported of for what? For good works, for what she had done. And again, that's what we're saying here. This this report on us as individuals has to do with your faith, but of course you can't separate that from your actions. Faith and what you do. That's that's how you develop this positive report spiritually. Finally, let us suggest that your report then is going to have some impact. This report that we've been talking about, that's being developed on each one of us, it's going to have some impact. First of all, this report is going to serve as a means of either encouraging or discouraging others. Have you stopped to, to consider this, uh, that how you're living, the kind of track record that you're developing, the impression that other people have about you, is either an encouragement to them or a discouragement. Very seldom do you have sort of a neutral impression of someone. You typically have either a, a strong positive feeling about how they're doing or you feel discouraged by what you know of them and the way that they're living their lives. Now, you know that you think that way about other people. Other people think that way about you too. Your record, your report is either encouraging them or discouraging them. In Romans chapter 1, verse 8, when Paul wrote to the, to the Christians at Rome, he said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith, notice, is spoken of throughout the whole world. That was their report, right? They had a good report. And Paul was commending them for that. Notice in chapter 16, verse 19, he says, For the report, he even uses the word, For the report of your obedience has reached unto all. The, the, the word was getting out about those Christians in Rome. Notice, therefore I am rejoicing. Paul was encouraged to know about the good that was taking place there in the church at Rome. He was encouraged 
by their report. He even used the word report. The report of your obedience is reached and all. I'm rejoicing on that account. Same thing would be true of us, right? Are, are people rejoicing? Are they encouraged? Are they built up by what they know of how we're living for Christ in our own lives? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 19, Paul said, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. Paul said, I'm going to send Timothy because I want him to get there and bring me back a, what? Bring me back a report. Because I have confidence that when Timothy comes back, I will be encouraged to learn about what you are doing. What about us? What is someone who maybe had been here in times past but had, had moved, gone away, was uh, living in another place? What if a report got to them about how things are going in this congregation? Would they be encouraged to know that? Or what if someone who knew you personally years ago uh, and they found out what your spiritual condition is right now, would they be encouraged to know about you personally? or discouraged to know about how things were going for you in your spiritual life. One or the other is going to be the case. Sometimes those reports are negative. We were talking about Corinth a little bit ago. And in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1, notice Paul said, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as named among the Gentiles. They had a bad report. Even, notice, here, this evil report about the church at Corinth was even known in the community. The kind of stuff that's going on there is not even such as is named among the Gentiles. This is commonly reported that that sort of evil and sin exists in the church there at Corinth. And Paul said that's a discouraging thing to know for sure. So our report is going to be of that nature. It's going to be something that will encourage or discourage others. But finally, this report that that is being developed on every one of us, I, I, I can't stress that enough this morning, every single one of us has got such a report. And this report that's being developed is going to determine our eternal destiny. In Revelation 20, we were reading earlier there about that judgment scene. Go back to Revelation 20, verse 11, beginning, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. And it goes on to say, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Your report is going to determine whether you have heaven or hell in eternity. That's just how important this really is. Matthew chapter 25, verse 46 Jesus said, these wicked ones shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And so, a report. You know, there's a lot of reports out there about you. I really think we would all likely be stunned if we had a true picture of how much information about each one of us is out there being collected and analyzed by different businesses, organizations, agencies, government institutions, and so forth. If we had any, if we had any inkling of how much they know about us and all the information they're gathering about us, we'd be shocked. But all of those reports that you might mention are not nearly as significant as the spiritual report that is being developed about you. You've got to be aware of that. 
And obviously you need to be taking measures to make your report right for eternity. What's your situation this morning? Have you become a child of God through obedience to the gospel? If not, that's the step you need to make, obviously, without delay. If you understand the simple truth, you know what's required to be a child of God, we urge you to submit in humble obedience. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. If you're a Christian already, but you've not been living faithfully, your, your report is, is in bad shape because you haven't been living the way that a Christian ought to be living. Uh, maybe people of the world know that. Maybe your own brethren know that. But even if nobody else knows that, the Lord knows that. As we were studying in our Bible class this morning, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. God knows your life, and if it's not right, you need to make it right with Him while there's still time and opportunity. If we can help in that, uh, we'd be glad to pray with you and for you. Let us know how we can be of assistance while we stand and sing this song. Uh-huh. Thank you.